0: Welcome to the Catholic Single Mothers Podcast. We're a vibrant faith-based community called Momentum for single mothers. During our time together, we'll hear stories and messages of hope. If you're a single mother and wanna learn more about our retreats, meetings, and activities, please visit MomentumMothers.org. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Momentum Catholic Single Mothers Podcast. I'm Claire, one of the co-founders of Momentum and a member of the leadership team. It's my pleasure to be here with Anne today, who lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She's a single mother of an adult son. She cares for her son who has challenges with the help of support workers. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. Would you like to maybe just get our uh, listeners started by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Okay. I live in the west end of the city. I am in the parish that I grew up in, and now I live right around the corner. I have lived here all my life, and I have, my son has special needs. He has autism, nonverbal. So it has just been him and I for almost 47 years now.
0: That's um, nice that you're living in the same community that you grew up in. Um, great to be in the, even in the same parish. But uh, I know being a, a single mother of a, a son with special needs is a real challenge. Would you like to maybe just tell us about some of the challenges you've had uh, parenting your son and, and things you've done to, to try to bring him up uh,
1: in the church and in the faith? Well, there's been many challenges. As a single parent, first of all, you've got challenges, you know, being with your child and as well trying to bring them up in, reg- in a regular society. As, as of today, it's difficult. But then when they've got challenges, then it's difficult On another in another area. Uh, you're trying to juggle your life, his life, your life together. You want him to grow up in the faith, so you bring him to church, but not all is good at church. Sometimes there are people that are not accepting, people that are uncomfortable, and people that, that do accept it and then the challenge on top of that is if you have a priest that is open and welcome to us so there's been over the years i've had some that have been very welcoming and others that have not so and being in church there aren't a lot of single people going to church especially today but i know For me, when I started out as a single parent and we lived in the parish that we were in, there weren't that many single people in church. And that was the priest that really didn't want us there. And I said to him one day, well, you know, if you see how many people there are here in the church, if you allowed more single people in and didn't uh, discriminate against certain people, your church would be full so that's how i ended up coming back at saint agnes um because wherever i went that priest and i followed each other <laughs> so that's how i got back at saint agnes and uh, that priest he was in his 60s at the time that monsignor and he never had any qualms about it at all whatsoever and here was a younger priest that had difficulty with the situation and i understand not everybody's comfortable with it not everybody knows how to deal with it etc cetera, etc cetera. but You kind of hope that you'll meet somewhere in the middle. So, um, but since we've been back, the majority, you know, of the people, well, it was good when I came back because most of the parents of the children that I grew up with were still in the parish. So they were very good. And then I became involved in church and different ministries. And I found that to be helpful because those people got to know me and they were accepting of the situation. And uh, there were days that, yes, I'd have to take Brian out of the the church, and other days, you know, not take him at all. But now, you know, many years later, you know, he can sit there for the most part and be good, but there still are times when you'll get a hoot out of him, which is not (laughs) acceptable. But anyway, but for the most part. So I would say the majority of the time with him in church, has been a positive experience and i think that too is because of my strong faith but also my involvement in church if i wasn't involved and i was just one of these people that kind of pussyfooted and thought well no you know there's no place here for me but i've never felt that i've always walked with my held, head held high and feel that brian does have a place in church just like everybody else does Um, You know, I have limitations. You have limitations. So I just think everybody should have a chance to be themselves, to be accepted. And when Brian is accepted, he's more comfortable around people. Uh, When people are very uncomfortable with him in church or otherwise, that's when he acts up. And it should be the opposite. When people accept him, he should be good because... They're okay with it, but it's just the opposite. So I don't understand that part of it, but that's where where it's at.
0: So um, I guess one of your your ways of um, dealing with this challenge was to really get involved with the parish and get to know people, and then people will get to know you, get to know your son, and then they would begin to understand a bit more his challenges and be more accepting. Would Would that be kind of a um, a summary of of one of the Um, tactics you use to overcome that
1: challenge yes I never thought of that before but I guess you're right like I've always been I'm not a follower I'm a leader and when I believe in something I get involved so church for me growing up was great for me and coming from a single parent family myself my dad died two weeks before I was born so mom raised the three of us and and I'm the one that you know continued on in church and did what I did And so when I came back, it was just automatic, you know, that i become involved. And uh, so, yes, so that really helped because then I was known. And it's not, I mean, so, you know, you could say, well, you know, you like being center, left, right, and center. No, that's not it. I, you know, my faith is important to me, and I wanted to be involved to make a difference. And I figure we all have our different talents to give. And mine was doing the ministries that I did and still continue to do.
0: So what are some of the ministries you've been involved
1: with? Uh, When I first came back to St. Agnes, I did Sunday school. I was family life committee. I chaired the fall fair for 17 years, convened it. Uh, I'm now a lector. I count the money, uh, the, the weekend money at church. Uh, I fill in for the Secretary at times, and anything else that you know they need me there to do a quick job, I'm over there to do it.
0: So you're really giving back to your your community with your your time and your talents. That's what Yes.
1: God has been good to me, so that's the way I can give back. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: You were mentioning earlier that uh, one of the ways you you sort of coped with the challenge of the priests was to to follow a priest from parish to parish course that can be difficult. Do you have any other sort of advice or tactics that you use to to you know talk to the priests and get them to understand your son and the challenges he has of you know sitting for an hour at mass and so on?
1: Well the priest and I followed each other but it was a priest that wasn't accepting of Brian.
0: Oh I'm sorry I missed that. Yes no
1: I'm sorry I (laughs) probably didn't explain it properly. Uh, No. So that
0: was just by chance?
1: Yes unfortunately yes um the um no i since i've been back at saint agnes i said i'm staying put you know regardless whether the priest accepts it or not i'm around the corner from church two minutes and i can be there so no i'm not moving again um as i said not everybody's understanding and accepting and i guess years ago for me uh the blow was when this priest wouldn't accept him And, uh, you know, he came right out and told me he didn't want me in church. Well, you're involved in other things. And I said, yes, I know I am, but that's not my time with my Sunday community for Mass. And I said, "Uh, you know, there's no reason why I can't be there. And he said, well, find a babysitter. And I said, 10 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the afternoon for the sake of an hour isn't the greatest time to find somebody to look after him so that's and so when he came right out and said to me, in no circumstances that he didn't want me there, I said fine. You know, I thought I said, well, there's other chari- there's other parishes. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's when you went back to Saint Saint mm-hmm. Agnes. Yes.
1: Mhm. That must have been very hard. No, it was very easy. In fact, it it, it was all, when I came back. It was almost like I had never left, even though I had been away from the parish for nine years, because. <laughs> As I said, the parents of the kids that I grew up with were there, and even the new people were so accepting and welcoming, you know, so it just made it an easy slide, you know, that that I, almost like I had never left.
0: So I guess God worked through that difficult time that you were in and, and got you to the place where you needed to be? Exactly. No, that's good. That's good. Um... Do you have any um, thoughts on just having a domestic church and, and uh, what you've done to bring your son up in the faith?
1: Hmm. Well, to me, the church is there for everybody and anybody, regardless. And I guess in the past couple of years, I've been thinking differently, but probably the way I should. Um, God accepted everybody and anybody, He didn't turn anybody away. So there's all the more reason for us to be more of a church that's accepting, encouraging, and to want the people. We want to fill the pews, but a lot of people are leaving the church for different reasons. And I could have left the church when that priest didn't want me there anymore. But I just thought, no, I'm not going to lose my faith for one person so I just think we have to be more of an open we have to have more of an open mind heart and soul and it starts with the priest and if the priest isn't welcoming then people aren't going to want to be there and I think especially for single parents that want to raise their children Catholic don't turn away sure there are parents that the only time They see the church is when they get married and when they have their children baptized, and then after that, there's nothing. But like one priest said one time, I leave the door open. Maybe after they've got their sacraments, and yes, they may be away from the church for a bit, maybe they'll come back. So different people have left the church for different reasons over the years. And I know years ago, Um, a military person said to me, um, well, look what God did to you. And I knew what he meant, but I played devil's advocate, I said, what did God do to me? Well, you're a single parent raising a challenged son. You should be angry at God. And I snickered and I said, no, just the opposite. I said, because of God, I'm here today and I'm able to do what I do with the help of God. God didn't do this to me, God is helping me along. We're, we're here for a reason and a purpose, and I'll find that out as time goes on what it is. But I said, my son is a teacher.
0: Yeah, it's really good if you can um, look at your situ- situation in that perspective and really see how God's working, you know, through the beauty of your son who's a, a child of God who has been given to you as a gift. And uh, I also think your your example, being so involved in the parish and being involved in all the parish ministry, I'm sure he sees that and and sees how you're you're giving back to your community and and uh, how important that is to you know in terms of our faith and and um, the way that we live out our Christian life. You know,
1: the um, I I get from my involvement in church, I get more back than. I I get more back when I give of myself to church. It just, you know, fulfills me all the more. And right now, because I'm not able to be there and haven't been there for a couple months, I really feel the disconnect. Yes, I'm able to go to the weekend Mass, and sometimes Brian's with me, sometimes not. But I really feel the disconnect. Uh, Just because, you know, not to know what's going on, but just to be part, they're part of my family. And they're the part of the family that I don't see on the weekend. They're the, they're the ones, the, the staff, they're the ones that I see during the week. So I haven't been able to get over there to keep in touch to, you know, help out in the ways that I normally would.
0: So you had uh, mentioned to me that uh, one of your caregivers had to move on and, and that you've, that's been one of the main reasons why you haven't been able to be involved in the parish as much recently. So I guess that just really shows how challenging it is to, to have to take care of your son 24-7 and to really be on your own in that uh, responsibility.
1: Very much so. Um, You know, you're a mother, you're a caregiver, you're the doer of everything. You still have other things you need to do and have to do that I can't get done. Um, But in the past five to seven years, it's getting harder and harder to find people. for different reasons people don't show up for interviews they don't get back to you after the interview or they just don't respond Um, and it's a pretty tough job yes it is but it also has its perks and not every day is bad and not every day is good so you take the good with the bad but it's frustrating because when I like for instance right now when I'm looking for somebody I've got to constantly look at my email. I've got to constantly look at resumes. I've got to constantly call people, so I can get nothing else done. That it's that's twenty four seven. And then with Brian in the daytime, yes, I have to be with him full time. So I'm, I'm juggling, you know, and it's not it's not a good situation. But we've been lucky um, because you know for us to be together, and this is six weeks now. Um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not good. He needs a break, and I need a break. But the good thing has been that it's been a great summer weather-wise, and we have an outside pool. So we've been able to get in that, and he loves the pool. So that's the saving grace at the moment.
0: I know for me, when, uh, when my son was young, especially, I was living uh, away from family, so I didn't have family support, and I ended up having to rely a lot on friends and neighbors and, and different people to help me out. But I remember during that time also realizing that um, it's okay and that, that people want to help and that sometimes we say, I'm good, I don't need any help, to an actual disservice to someone who actually wants to to be there for you. So have you had um, people in your journey who've just really stepped in and, and been a part of uh, Life, you know, for you and your son, and really helped you out.
1: Not really, no. Unfortunately, my brother and sister are older than I am, and they can't, for many reasons, and they don't. Um, my closest friend, she also has a son who has autism, but he lives in a small options home, so her life and my life are are different. But our our times together socially. You know, our, again, ours our is my saving grace. So, you know, we have good times, and we support one another. I mean, we do talk on the phone every night, you know, go over and hash over different things or whatever. So, you know, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here <laughs> now. So, you know, she can at least we can at least put a smile on each other's face. And even though our situations are different, she has some of the same concerns that I do. And so, you know, we talk about that, well, what if, what, what about when, whatever, so.
0: The friendship and emotional support from somebody in a similar situation is also so important, right?
1: Yes, 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 we met when our boys were in daycare. Her son is two years older, and um, he was out of daycare before Brian was. But, uh, no, it's been, it's been good because... we got involved, we, we became friends when I had started the support group for autistic parents back in 1980, and she came to the meeting, and it blossomed from there.
0: So looking back um, over your journey, do you see any areas um, as a single mother and as a parent that uh, you might have done things differently with the, the wisdom and learning that you have now?
1: Probably, but I can't think of anything at the time right now but I think we don't get smart until after the fact so yes there are some things that I would have done differently would it have made a difference I hope so but that's not the decisions I made at the time so we had we have to live with the choices that I made but the one thing that I wouldn't change, I mean, the doctors all wanted Brian placed away right from day one. They wanted him placed away, and I said, no, no, no. And they even called me a murderer and asked me what I was trying to do and trying to prove. And you see the way he is now, well, you know, that's going to be his life, your life, and it's not going to be good. And whether I was stubborn, my family called me stubborn, I say determined, Um it's worked out, honestly, for me, better. Maybe not as best as I thought it was going to, but better than what the professionals predicted. And when I meet professionals today, <laughs> that uh, they'll say, oh, where's Brian living? And with a great big grin on my face, home with me. And they just do a double take. Oh, really? Yes. So... You know, thing, things could have been worse, yes. And sometimes I thought of that. I thought, what if they're right? What if they're right? Especially when I was going through the darkest times. But then I just kept praying and chugging and, God, please get me through. And, the, you know, the old saying, well, um, a day at a time. Well, way back, I was taking a half hour, an hour at a time. Just get me through this half hour. So, no, I don't. Uh, I don't regret that decision whatsoever. And I still don't.
0: Yeah, I think I give uh, single mothers that advice all the time as well of maybe a day at a time is too much. Just what do you need to do in the next next hour? I think that's a really good uh, good advice. And I have to say, just talking to you today and seeing a lot of the challenges you've been through, I, I can see um, the Holy Spirit and the grace of God working through you because you're such a joyful person. And even though you're going through all of these struggles, you've been able to to really maintain that, that sense of joy in life, joy with your son. And I guess your faith has been really a big part of, of you
1: being where you're at today. For me, outlook and attitude are half the battle, and the faith is the other half. So if you if you have a positive mind and a good outlook, and I'm a positive person, out note. So when I'm posting on Facebook, that's what I post. I post all, you know, always positive quotes. And people say to me, keep coming. I love them. I love them. So that's what got you through. And, of course, with me, with my mother having been widowed and me born two weeks later, that, to me, she was my foundation. You know, her her faith was, was abounding. And uh, her mother as well. So I had two great big role models, foundations. That, that's where my life was built.
0: Um, for the broader Catholic community and, and based on your experience, do you have advice of of things that parishes can do, things that priests can do to really welcome single parents and to welcome
1: people with challenges? Very much so. First, I'll say to the parents, don't give up. If you... If you are turned away or you're not greeted at church as you should, keep going. Don't let that priest turn you away. I didn't let that priest turn me away right away. You know, it was after a few, many years before I did that. So you've got a right to be there, so does your child. You're strong enough in your faith that you want your child there, then keep going. And hopefully an opportunity will come That you can meet with the priest and say, this is my situation. I'd like to have my child in the faith, and so what can I do? Where can I go? You you lead the way. And if the priest has a moment where he doesn't know what to say, then just they can ask, you know, well, what about teaching Sunday school? I think if if you start teaching the little ones, and in comparison to where your child is at, the age bracket that your child is, that's a good way to get a step in the door because they're always looking for Sunday school teachers. And uh, then with whatever else is going in the parish that you can uh, get involved in little by little, and uh, that's the way. And then for priests, you know, we have to realize, and I mean, that this was my biggest thing, priests are human beings first. So just like everybody else, they don't accept it. And they, they're not taught in the seminary you know, about these things. So I think it's up to us as parents to sit down with them. Each time a new priest comes to the church, I know the previous priest, the outgoing priest has probably said, you know, this is Ann, this is Brian, blah, blah, blah. But I like to meet with the priest myself in person and say, this is the way it is. If you have any problems or issues, please come directly to me. I'm not, you know, I'm open. And if you don't want him there, that's fine too. So it, it has to be a two-way street. But I think priests and the congregation can do more to be welcoming. Um, if... For instance, with us, Brian will touch people. Now, he'll he'll touch people for different reasons. And it could be the texture of their clothes. It could be their hair. It could be the colors of their clothes. So, of course, Brian, no. I'm sorry, he's challenged if they don't already know that. Some, But there are people that are accepting and people that aren't. And people, once they understand, they're okay with it. So, you have to... What I have done, I've met those people where they're at. And again, some people are more open to it and others not. So I just figure, okay, you know, they're not going to be welcoming. That's it. So if the priest, you know, first of all, can welcome people, because, I mean, and especially for the young children, those children, if they're brought up in the faith, are going to be tomorrow's people parishioners that are going to be involved in church. So we're crying for people to fill the pews, be accepting and understanding. That's your number one thing. You'll have a whole church full of people. So, and I think if they kind of had, like not a meet and greet, but they could have a meet and greet and introduce the parents to some some of the parents that could either mentor them or... Offer them offer to do things with them and for them. but so that's that side. but again, it's up to the parents too to push forward. Don't let don't let the doors close on you because there's always a door open somewhere just even to get your foot in. And if I hadn't been determined, I guess is what it is, um, we wouldn't be in church.
0: So I guess to summarize, some of the things I hear you saying are, are having really good communication with, with the priest, good communication with people that your son may interact with, so that they can understand um, the interactions and maybe why he might be touching them, for instance, or why he might be behaving a certain way. So really educating them so they can understand and accept. Because I think a lot of times when people don't accept, it's because they, as you said earlier, they, they don't understand and they, they don't know how to behave, they don't know how to react. So I think your your efforts to really communicate with people and help them to understand your situation understand your son and then I love the idea of just getting involved and then people see you as an active parishioner and and see you as part of the community and then I think finally your your message of perseverance so to to don't give up ask god for strength to continue to push forward and advocate for yourself advocate for your child and and really ensure you can be part of your faith community.
1: Yes,
0: that's wonderful. It's uh, it's great to see your the perseverance that you've had and that you've been able to really be a central part of your community with your son. Is there anything else uh, you would like to to add to our conversation as we wrap up?
1: I just think all single parents have a place in the church, and don't let anybody tell you differently stick to your grounds and be there and be proud and hold your head up high and you'll find your spot and uh and just be uh open to anything that comes your way would you
0: have um maybe a final message of hope for for the single mothers out there
1: don't give up don't give up Keep the door open as wide as you can. Look for opportunities. The church is the people. The church isn't the priest or those that are involved. It's the people. And single parents are people that are entitled to be in that church and worship. So that's what you have to do. You just have to go ahead and be determined that you're gonna. that's going to be part of your life. And everybody needs to belong. And that is a very good way for you to belong. Because without faith, what is there? You're not going to go on if you don't have faith.
0: It's a very good message for, for single mothers to keep in mind. So it's it's been a real pleasure uh, to have this uh, conversation with you today. And as I said, to really see your... Your message of hope and how you've been able to stay joyful and positive uh, in your situation and pass that uh, joy and hope along to our listening community. So thank you very
1: much. Thank you for interviewing me. Much appreciated.
0: Thank you everyone for joining our podcast today. If you're a single mother and would like to know more information about Momentum, please visit our website at MomentumMothers.org. God bless see you next time on the Catholic Single Mothers Podcast.